You're listening to the Bridges Nashville podcast. Bridges is a house church movement meeting in homes all across Music City. To find a house church near you or to find other ways to support or get involved, go to BridgesNashville.com. You know, a couple Sundays ago, we started this series and I shared from one of my favorite documentaries ever, Searching for Sugarman. And today, I want to share from another documentary. Recently, I watched the amazing story called Landfill Harmonic. And in this documentary, we meet a guy by the name of Fabio Chavez. He was an engineer who moved down to Paraguay to help the families that were living around the slums located around the city dump. Now about 2,500 families make their livelihood searching every day through the trash, just trying to find items that they can refurbish and resell. Fabio originally moved down there to help them learn better ways of finding valuable trash and turning it into valuable items. But after he moved down to Paraguay, he quickly realized that the problem was much bigger than just trash. You know, he noticed the problem of hopelessness. See, in this city dump, a lot of the children that were raised there, they just got in this cycle of hopelessness and they couldn't find a way out. They thought their entire lives would be lived around a dump and they'd never amount to much. So Fabio did what he knew best. He was a music teacher back home. And so he opens up free music lessons to the community with items that were donated when he went down. And the first day that he opened his music shop up for business, there were more kids than he had musical instruments for. It was an incredible response. And so here's where it gets creative. A guy by the name of Cola lived in the neighborhood and he was known around La Cattura, the dump. He was known for making incredible things out of trash. He was a master carpenter and he could make anything it seemed out of recycled items. Fabio asked him, do you think you could make musical instruments? And so from garbage, Cola crafted violins, cellos, guitars, and drums. And Fabio would teach the kids Beethoven and Mozart played on recycled oil cans and scrap metal with old guitar strings. This ragtag group of kids became known as the Recycled Orchestra of Keturah. Now Fabio filmed a little piece and he uploaded the video to YouTube overnight Millions of views, their story goes worldwide, and they begin getting out of the dump and playing sold out shows internationally. The story goes all the way to where they're opening up and they're playing on stage with their favorite musical heroes, Megadeth and Metallica. It's one of the most remarkable stories I've ever seen of the human spirit triumphing in the most desolate of areas. And it's because of one thing, hope. My favorite quote from Chavez, the world sends us garbage we send back music. It's a story from trash to triumph. Now, as we continue our series from death to life, I want to remind us that Jesus didn't simply come to make bad people good. He came to make dead people alive, to bring back dead people to life. You are never too far gone for God to do something amazing. He can always turn your story around and give you a better future than your past, no matter what you've done. So today I'm going to highlight a couple stories from Scripture, one from the Old Testament and one from the New Testament. And I'm going to share how the amazing transformative power of the gospel can truly change any story. But before we get to those uh, two different passages, I want to share one verse as a backdrop today. It comes from Romans 6:11. It says, "In the same way, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus." Did you catch that? Dead to sin, but alive to God through Christ Jesus. 
I love that. God can always take a mess and mold it into something beautiful, just like Cola did in Landfill Harmonic. Nothing is too difficult for God. You are not simply a project for God to fix. You're a child that God loves, and He's called you to amazing things. Doesn't matter how messed up you think your story is. In fact, it's in those messed up stories that you're about to see God specializes in. Two main points I want you to take away today. Number one, don't let who you've been hold you back from who he's creating you to be. And number two, don't let what you've done hold you back from what he's calling you to. In the book of Joshua, we meet a woman by the name of Rahab. Let me set some context here. Moses has led the people of Israel out of Egypt through the wilderness, took 40 years, but he gets them to the promised land. But he's not the guy to take them into the promised land. That job belonged to his protege, Joshua. Just one little problem with the promised land, AKA Canaan. It was filled with Canaanites, and they were not gonna go quietly. Many different people groups inhabited the land, so battles were sure to come. But before Joshua goes into war with anyone, he plays it smart, and he sends a couple of spies out into the land to scout the territory. Joshua 2, verse 1. Then Joshua, son of Nun, secretly sent two spies from Shittim. Go, look over the land, he said, especially Jericho. So they went and entered the house of a prostitute named Rahab and stayed there. Here's what happens next. The king of Jericho finds out that two men in the night come and visit the prostitute Rahab. That's not that big of a shocker considering her, her profession, right? But when he gets rumors that there are Israelites lurking about, that's when he starts to get a little fearful and he sends a message to Rahab telling her to bring out the two guys that came into her place and he wanted to see who they were. Well, Rahab denies even knowing anything about it and she actually hides the two men saving these Israelite lives. She has a hunch that Jericho is about to fall to Israel. She had heard rumors of Israel and their conquests and their amazing God and all of the miracles that followed the Israelites. And so she says, look, I know Jericho's gonna fall. Let me make a deal with you guys. When you attack Jericho, save my family. Keep us out of the, of the death. All she had to do was hang a scarlet cord out of her window. And this would notify all of the Israelites, hey, don't attack this place. Rahab and her family are here. Here's a cool side note. Scholars believe that this scarlet cord is actually a foreshadowing of Jesus' blood, the very blood that would one day save every sinner from eternal death. Okay, back to Rahab. You've heard the story. Uh, the spies, their lives are saved. They go back, report good things to Joshua. Hey, we can take these guys. And so Joshua marches into Jericho and they march around the city walls seven times. They let out a shout. The city walls fall down. They go in and destroy everyone and everything except for Rahab and her family. Joshua 6, 24. Then they burned the whole city and everything in it, but they put the silver and the gold and the articles of bronze and iron into the treasury of the Lord's house. But Joshua spared Rahab, the prostitute, with her family and all who belonged to her because she hid the men Joshua had sent as spies to Jericho. And she lives among the Israelites to this day. Now, this is amazing. Here's the deal. Rahab didn't let her past hold her back from a new identity that God would give her because she's moving in to live among the Israelites. Rahab was a prostitute, a Canaanite, an enemy of Israel, and a liar. And in one day, everything changes. She gets known throughout the history books as a woman of faith. She's 
listed all across the Bible. Check this out, Hebrews 11:31. It was by faith that Rahab the prostitute was not destroyed with the people in her city who refused to obey God, for she had given a friendly welcome to the spies. James 2:25. In the same way, was not even Rahab the prostitute considered righteous for what she did when she gave lodging to the spies and sent them off in a different direction? Did you catch that? These two verses. Rahab the prostitute Like the Bible doesn't shy away from the fact that she was a prostitute and yet it lists her as a woman of faith and a woman who was considered righteous. It's incredible. Her name also pops up in the most amazing genealogy of all time, Matthew 1. That's right. See, Rahab eventually goes on to become the great-great-grandmother of King David, who is a great-great-great-great ancestor of none other than Jesus Christ himself. God took a prostitute, liar, and enemy, gave her a new identity, and lets her be in the family tree of Jesus, alongside many other imperfect people. There's a lot of scandal in the family tree of Jesus. There's murderers, cheaters, liars, and thieves, and castaways. Don't tell me that God can't use you and write a beautiful story in your life. Don't ever let who you were dictate who you're becoming in Christ. You know, people who don't know Jesus are often intimidated by him. The world often talks about Christianity as a religion that's filled with condemnation and judgment, but the truth is so far from that. Jesus was called friend of sinners, and he invited everyone to his table. Jesus died for each and every one of us. You know, one of the reasons we are so big on communion at First Sunday at Bridges is because it reminds us of the cross, it reminds us of the blood of Jesus, and that we're all on a level playing field. Jesus died for every one of us, rich, Poor, young, old, black, white. He is no respecter of persons, and there is no one beyond the reach of his grace. Check out 1 Corinthians 1.28. God chose things despised by the world, things counted as nothing at all, and used them to bring to nothing what the world considers important. As a result, no one can ever boast in the presence of God. The kingdom is so upside down to the way we think of things here on earth. Don't ever let who you were on your own Mark out who you can be in Christ. Now, there's another story I want to highlight, and this comes from the New Testament. It's a story about a man who actually wrote two-thirds of the New Testament with one of the most remarkable turnarounds ever, Paul. His testimony shows that it doesn't matter what you've done, God can still call you into greater things. Now, Paul's given name was Saul of Tarsus, and he went around in the years directly following the, the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. And Paul wasn't a good dude. He tormented Christians. He persecuted the church and locked them up in prison. Listen to this, Acts 8, 3. As for Saul, he made havoc of the church, entering every house and dragging off men and women, committing them to prison. Not a good dude. But God, the God who keeps no record of wrongs, the God who casts our sin as far as the east is from the west, is always able to take our mess and make something beautiful. Look what God does in the life of Paul. Acts 9, 1 through 6. Then Saul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked letters from him to the synagogues of Damascus, so that if he found any who were of the way, now that's what the early Christians were called before the term Christians were about, uh, the way, people of the way. So Paul says, look, if I find anybody that's of the way, whether men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. Verse three, as he journeyed near, he came to Damascus and suddenly a light shone around him from heaven. Then he fell to the ground and he heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Verse five, and he said, who are you, Lord? 
It's like he asks the question and answers it himself, right? Then the Lord said, I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. It is hard for you to kick against the goads. So he trembling and astonished said, Lord, what do you want me to do? And I think many of us, when we first encounter the power, the presence of God, we know something's about to change. And so we ask God, what do you want me to do? And sure enough, God gives him a new mission, a new life. See, Paul, or Saul at this time, was on his way to torment Christians in Damascus. And instead, I love this, he winds up preaching the gospel there, verses 15 and 16. But the Lord said to him, go, for he is a chosen vessel of mine to bear my name before Gentiles, kings, and the children of Israel. For I will show him how many things he must suffer for my name's sake. You know, Paul had done a lot of messed up things. In fact, Paul held the coats of the men who stoned the disciple Stephen. He had done a lot of things. And and his name was known everywhere as someone to be afraid of. You know, your name is huge. It's how people identify you. I would say it's your main label, right? But make sure that you don't ever allow what you've done in the past to attach itself to your name so it binds your future. Because Jesus makes us a new creation. He gives us a new name, maybe not literally, but spiritually. He calls you chosen, redeemed. He calls you his, Isaiah 43, 1. But now, O Jacob, listen to the Lord who created you. O Israel, the one who formed you says, do not be afraid for I have ransomed you. I've called you by name. You are mine. Let God's identity for you be your main calling card. See, Saul was known everywhere by what he had done. So he gets a new name, the Apostle Paul. Now, I would think when you get a new name in the Bible, it's a huge deal, like pomp and circumstance, invite your family out, post it online, right? Get a plaque for it. But that's not exactly how the Bible describes this. In fact, it's pretty much a flyby verse. Acts 13, 9 says this, Saul, also known as Paul, was filled with the Holy Spirit and he looked the sorcerer in the eye. You know, I think sometimes we expect God to show up in these lightning bolt, audible voice type moments. But more often than not, It's when you're just going about doing what he tells you to do that his identity for you is revealed. See, Paul is just simply doing what the Holy Spirit led him to do. And out of nowhere, he starts to be known by a new name. And Paul now would go on to plant 14 churches all across the ancient landscape. And he leaves the legacy not by what he had done B.C. before Christ, but he was known and he would become known by what he did through Christ Jesus You see, every time you read a letter in the New Testament, like Ephesians, Galatians, Colossians, you're reading the legacy of Paul through Jesus Christ. Whenever Corinthians 13 is quoted in a wedding, which is the most quoted Bible verse in weddings today, you're actually hearing Paul's words. 2,000 years after the fact, Paul is known by what he did in Christ. See, Paul knew that God wasn't nearly as concerned with what he had done in the past as he was concerned with what he would do in the future through Jesus. Here's what Paul wrote to the Ephesians, Ephesians 2.10. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. I want to remind you, don't let who you've been hold you back from who he's molding you to be. And don't let what you've done keep you back from what he's calling you to do. As I shared in the very beginning with the Landfill Harmonic, Cola made incredible instruments out of literal trash. A God can take your mess and make something beautiful. He can bring redemption from the wreckage. It's never too late to go from death to life. 
You know, this weekend marks Palm Sunday, and this is when Jesus rode into Jerusalem, not on a stallion, but on a donkey. As I said earlier, God will take the foolish things and confound the wise, right? Jesus was the King of Kings, but he wasn't the Messiah that everyone was expecting or even hoping for. The Israelites wanted someone that would come in and overthrow the Roman government, but instead, God sends his son, his only son, to overthrow sin and death, condemnation and judgment. Jesus Christ, the only king forever, who changed all of history. Guess what? He can change your story too, if you let him. If you invite Jesus to come into your life, he'll write a better story, a new story, and give you a new name and a new identity. Jesus is our redemption. Let's pray. Thanks for listening to the Bridges Nashville podcast. To stay up to date on everything going on at Bridges, you can find us online at facebook.com slash Bridges Nashville or at Bridges Nashville on Instagram.